You have found the Redhead Family Therapy Guy and a Mike podcast, looking at mental health through a pop culture lens. All right, we're doing it again in the car, taking Yay. another podcast. <laughs> You've found us again, the Redhead Family Therapy Guy and a Mike. And we're rocking the road trip still. We're still on the we road are. trip. Now you're listening to this, who knows when. But it's we're true. still on the same trip. We are. <laughs> Time <laughs> travel. <It's going. laughs> so, it's dark for us. Yes, it is dark. It's kind of spooky. Us. It's not at all. It's so spooky. Although with the red lights off the recording device, it is a little, <laughs> more, a little ominous in the car. Um, but we had so much fun talking about um, Teft from the Stormlight Archives that yes. we decided to talk about another character and a mental health issue that they have. And we're going big. We're going We're going big. Oh, man. Main character. Is Kaladin Stormblessed. <laughs> yes. And depression. Yes, the topic of depression. Yes. So I'll, I'll just start right off and say that I, I have a bit of a hard time with Kaladin's depression. Like mm -hmm. it really surprises me at times. And, and maybe I haven't had as traumatic experiences as Kaladin has had. You mean like the, the kind of the onset surprises you or the severity the surprises severity, you? Mm. The severity because Kaladin is such a resilient he does character. seem to be extremely resilient yeah and and for him to be so um affected and and the cool thing about how brandon writes him too is even from his youth um he had a real i i love that they that they had that he tied his depression to the riddance the yeah. time where the rain would come and not stop yes and there would be this time of rain in the seasons where it just it's just a light drizzle for long periods of time and he talks about how it, that time just was hard on him and he felt he didn't know why and he didn't understand it but he just felt sour and down yeah some seasonal melancholy. yeah 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 like scenes, going on yeah excellent mm -hmm. yeah some sad some sadness that just persisted during that time yeah but, it, but it's hard for me because i don't i don't identify with that debilitating heart-wrenching i will say depression so i my wife and i grew up in las vegas and uh uh, just, uh, oh, I don't know, four or five years into my career with the, uh, the current agency that I work with, we were transferred to Chicago mm -hmm. and Chicago has really long, well, what feels like to me, I'm sure there's other places in the world that have much longer, like winters, Alaska, but <laughs> or anywhere into the North part of the, the yes. hemisphere or Southern part of the hemisphere exactly. where there's no light for periods of time, but they have long winters and they're dark and they're cold yeah. and i i would say i definitely was affected by these long gloomy well, winters and and uh it was interesting that to kind of notice that because growing up in the desert growing up with the sun uh, i don't think i really noticed that the weather could impact me in that way yeah i notice it when it comes to february or late february it's kind of draining i'm like isn't dude it? I'm, I'm ready like yeah. this winter it seemed like it's kind of drawn on a little bit and i'm like ready for spring it was actually kind of nice to be down in louisiana um this last couple of days because they had some bright sunny days and some warm weather and it felt really nice it did and, and it, it rejuvenates right yeah and it's interesting enough when i was uh in illinois 
somehow I was at Bed Bath and Beyond, and well, not somehow I was there, but somehow I came. I don't across. know how <laughs> I was. I was out, and suddenly here I am. At it bed, was amazing, and I'm, and I'm smelling all these tester uh, lotions, and I don't even know why. <laughs> how did I get here. <laughs> I came across uh, uh, a happy light. And I've wanted to try these out. Yeah, I was amazed at I would put it I put it in my desk and my coworker's name was Wayne. So Wayne and I we had this happy light and and we turned it on and it just point at you. Uh, you wouldn't stare at it cuz it, it was bright, but it would make me feel more energetic. It sounds like and a placebo effect. Hey, if it was, I don't care cuz it worked. Yeah, sure. It was great. <laughs> yeah. And and it just goes to show you how much kind of the Dark, gloomy uh, can uh, days can they can really kind of take a toll on yeah. one energy and then mood. Yeah, yeah. Well, I really respect Brandon. Um, yes. One writing characters that have mental health disorders so articulately and accurately, mm-hmm. and and I love that that this main protagonist has this darkness. What else do you think besides maybe seasonal affect disorder affected Kaladin's depression so much? Well, definitely his self view. Uh, I mean, he, he, he has this, it seems like this rhetoric or this self self view, this story that continuously comes up that is extremely believable to him of being um, inadequate or being the one that uh, causes, you know, I'm so bad, I'm so inadequate, I'm I'm so uh, well, wrong and that, and that then, I end up causing other people to die. Yes. And well, or I'm unable to protect the people I love. Yes, I, I should, you know, I should be able to protect them. Well, and because you, of me, because of who I am, I just fail. And where do you think that, like, do, do you get a sense of his, in his character development, how Brandon wrote him, like where that, do you think that's just a part of who he is? Or do you think there are experiences in his flashbacks to his childhood or something that play into that belief or expectation? Yeah, it's a good well, I guess question. I guess part of that might be. Well, I should let you give a chance to answer before I jump in. Uh, sure. No, I think it's a great question. You know, there are some different flashbacks that I think uh, definitely allude to uh, some attachment injuries, traumas, experiences that would lead him to feel like he has failed or that he is inadequate in his capability to serve or protect others, which he really desires to do. Yeah. Well, there's, and I think, and I think it's important to note that because I think because of his family culture, Mm -hmm. um, where he's, he's a dark, uh, he's a high ranking, a high dawn dark guys because his father is a surgeon or a doctor. And so they have high status. He's an outsider because of his father's status in their smaller town. So he's a, a high ranked, Dark. So, dark guys are the lower class in Kaladin's home nation, and the upper class are light eyes. And so, he's in this really unique place in his town because it's a smaller town. It's kind of mm-hmm. like a podunk, uh, uh, c- the city, but it's that's glorified. Um, and so, there's a city lord that's a light eyes, but everyone else essentially is dark eyes. But his dad has this high station as a physician, which is also kind of weird because. 
you know, there's a lot of ignorance about medical things or worldly things. Um, and so, it, you know, his dad's seen as, uh, what's the right word, Michael, for being a practicer of medicine or science. It's yeah, seen as He's seen as a healer, but, but also uh, as, I mean, he there seems to be some education there, but it's also questioned like, oh, like, is this yeah, legit or, right. or is it kind of... Um, like voodoo <laughs> yeah because it's it's not understood yeah right so he's got this outsider status there and then he's got he's got a bit of a childhood romance with the light eye daughter the daughter of the light eye city lord yes and um and so I, and also i think the part of the family culture is that his dad is this incredibly um he's a strong man you know he's a principled man and he's deeply devoted to um his art of medicine and he has uh challenged kaladin at a very young age to really he's primed him to become a doctor and so kaladin from a very young age has been schooled and disciplined and trained intensely on all the facts of 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 herbs of medicine of the body um and that's how we're introduced so he has a very strict and intense um culture family culture right so this high expectation of achieving um and being successful right and and i think with that comes some unintended consequence and and you have this ideal that you, you factor in the culture of the uh, being a higher station of a, a having um, to prove in a lower dark class, eyed, lower yeah. class. You got to prove yourself, a little chip yeah. on your shoulder. Well, not only that, I think that his father maybe unintentionally instills this idea that you need to be better than them, and you need to be more capable, and you need to be the one that rises above and yet he has these experiences where he tries so hard to do that and it and it gets it fails yeah. yeah and so then i think there's this rhetoric uh, that's kind of from an early age unintentionally of i'm a failure right i can never be enough well and his dad becomes di- deeply disapproving of kaladin because kaladin chooses war yes or chooses to become a warrior but he does it to protect his younger brother tn so there's this whole scenario which is too long to go into i think um of where his dad ends up in the poor in the bad graces of the city lord that takes over for the one that he's a physician to as a kid um and it gets complicated because uh the city lord's son dies in a tragic accident um that the doctor uh, kaladin's father the physician is unable to to save him yeah um, and so the city lord resents um kaladin's father who i'm forgetting his name um, uh rosh uh oh what is it yeah. not roshar no that's um, the name of the yeah, nation that's the name of the- they live in but-, but the city lord and i think that's that is important because yeah. because there's some contention there where his father is some really kind of like a know-it-all type yes. person and there's some jealousy there right with mm-hmm. this light-eyed city um, lord city lord and the result of all of this, which I think is probably 
what you're getting at. This is the important part. The result of all of this is that there is some retribution dealt out. Right. And it feels unrighteous to Kaladin. It feels like this unrighteous retribution against his family Mm -hmm. where his younger brother, what? What happens? Go ahead. His his younger brother is um, pushed into the service of the army Mm because the army needs recruits. But his brother's really young and his brother's temperament is sweet, kind-hearted. Like so innocent and he unaware. He loves like bugs, mm-hmm. and he's curious, and he's wonderful. He's this. He's this bright, like Kaladin adores his younger brother because he's just this sweet, naive kid inclined to art. Is he inclined to art? Well, and, and he loves in, rocks. And and he finds so what I think really draws Kaladin in is Kaladin struggles with darkness and depression and, and grayness. Tien brings light yeah. to him. And that, I think that really, really intrigues Kaladin. He doesn't understand it. He doesn't understand it. Yeah, he doesn't understand how he sees good in the world when Kaladin from a young age is being trained in surgery and seeing yeah. death and blood and and so Kaladin kind of takes this role of at all costs i want to uh i want to protect that yes i want to to preserve preserve that 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 innocence and he takes on this huge weight of i must take care of tn right so tn gets forcibly drafted into the military Mm -hmm. kalanin is not able to be forcibly drafted because of his station um and kaladin is on a course to become a surgeon, to go off to the city, to be trained, to be able to rise his station. Um, And so Kaladin is in this moment where he's put on the spot and he chooses to enlist, which he has the right to do against his father, his father's wishes. And he does that to protect him. He does. And, and he ultimately fails. He fails. fails. And and that is, a huge trauma. Right. And, and, and it's completely out of Kaladin. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's not his it's fault. It's distorted for him to yes. take responsibility for it, but he does. But of course he does. Right. And, and that's the theme of Kal- Kaladin's storm. And, right? and I think, is, and I think it's important to also note that there was an incident in his formative years where a girl fell oh, yeah. and got mm-hmm. hurt. I think she hit her head, had a horrible laceration, uh, yeah, she Kaladin's, fell off like a rock wall or yeah, something. something like that. And Kaladin's right there, and he starts to see to the girl, which other makes other people uncomfortable because they don't know what he's doing, but they know he's the surgeon's son and he's been trained. But he's young to be do, to be a ministry. But Kaladin's dad's not there, and they're running to get his dad. So Kaladin starts seeing to her, and he's treating her her wounds correctly. He, he his dad later says that he did everything correctly, um, but the girl dies. She bleeds out. And and I think that's horribly tragic as well yeah. because in his first attempt, in a real um, critical moment, he 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 is he feels like he failed. Well, there's that theme. There's con- and there's probably things that we're not even thinking about also yeah. that that would you know be be examples of injuries that he's had along. Oh, the there's way. also there's also another important one from his his formative years that I'm remembering now too when he's confronted by the boy. 
who has oh, that's fight. bigger. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the other boy's bigger. His mm-hmm. father was in the military, so his father has taught him some things. And Kaladin faces off against him with pole arms, essentially, right, or spears. Yeah, yeah. Spears. and um, and Kaladin is bested. He has a he has a moment where he surges and does decently well, but he's completely untrained. Yeah, and the boy's a farm boy, and Kaladin's not a farm boy. You know, Kaladin. They think Kaladin has it easy, but Kaladin's inside being schooled intensely by his father in education being made to memorize things and develop you know intellectual capabilities and these farmer farm kids just think he gets to you know clean and, and take it easy while they're out laboring in the farm yes. and so he gets mocked by these boys and he gets bested right so there's that's an added sense of like i'm not accepted by my dark-eyed peers and i'm not accepted into the light-eyed community yeah and and then but to add to that not only is he not accepted in either but light eye they they are unfair and they they punish unjustly right because right? they're there's like yeah there's else. retribution and so there's a distaste or dislike where with i think with um dark eyed it, it, it there's there's just i don't fit in but right. not so much of this distrust or, or distaste. Yeah. And so he he uh, has this experience in Amran's army, right? And Amram is a light-eyed general. general. And one that is... Supposed uh, to be very... It, yeah, is noised abroad or has a reputation of actually just, being a yeah. just. And Kaladin sees him that way. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Kaladin rises in his army after the death of his brother. He, he doubles down in his training. He doubles down in his commitment. And at a very young age, um, becomes a squad leader and and gets the nickname Storm Blessed because he's able to keep his men alive. Yes. And he always recruits the smallest, weakest, incapable um, boys into his squadron because he sees them as little TNs. Yes. Right? But he's a, an incredibly effective uh, Yeah, and he's able leader. to do well with it. Yeah, for it does. That's amazing. Yeah. Until he does something so amazing that it's incredible. it puts him in a position to where and he is once again uh, feels uh, un, un, unrighteous, um, uh, really unrighteously dealt with and betrayed. Yeah. And and so this scenario goes <sighs> that and, and spoiler: if you haven't listened to these books or read amazing. these books, do not listen to our pad our podcast <laughs> and go read the books and then come back and listen to our podcast the because books are it's great. so because you don't learn these details until well into the story, and when you learn them, it's heart wrenching. Yeah, and Brandon Sanderson introduces these conflicts in the most profoundly incredible way because because you start off and i'm going to jump ahead in the story instead of instead of us giving a chronological like you know synopsis i would love to understand or or get your opinion on the significance of so kaladin um uh, you know, it becomes a slave uh, because of this Amaran betrayal, which we'll, we'll articulate here, I'm sure, as we continue to talk. Sure. But what do you think it is about him swearing the fourth ideal that allows him to be delivered from the slave brands? Right? So the slave brands become this iconic symbol of him yeah. being trapped by this lie of uh, being a failure in protecting others. What do you think it is about this about him sloughing off because 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 
yeah, there's so much to talk about to kind of make sense. Maybe we're jumping too far ahead, but I, so cloud. So essentially, when he swears the fourth ideal, and I don't remember what the fourth ideal is that he isn't swears. It, Do you remember? Yeah, I, it's the fourth been, ideal is. Well, maybe it, it might be worth looking up, but I think the fourth ideal isn't it that you accept those that you can't protect it's something like that and that's kind of my idea is is that for him being enslaved in that in that lie yeah there's some some letting go of that right Mm, of that unrealistic expectation that you can protect everyone which is such a beautiful thing oh gosh and then and then to see you know to see, I mean, there's so much in in throughout the four books, but he's really stuck in, and you see Wit constantly. So Wit is kind of like this guide, yes, yeah, uh, demigod type yeah. character that kind of knows that shows all up and <laughs> that shows up, and provides to be a like help. bestows wisdom when and it's these needed. Key moments, and you see this happen throughout with the different character, like Shalon gets some too, but yeah. but. With Kaladin, you see it at these pivotal moments, and I just love some of these stories. And oh yeah, and you see him articulate. And I love in Rhythm of War. I love the dragon, uh, uh, the dog, the dog the that wants to become a dragon, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, so, so, Wit tells yeah. the story. Give us the short. Do you, short. Do you remember the story? I, it's been since um, it came out. I can short, I can remember the gist of it. But yeah, go what for you, the gist. Yeah. The, so with this story, there's this dog. And Wit's telling Kaladin this story when he's in a coma. Yes. Um, he's in a coma and he's severely injured. And uh, the dark force in the universe, which is uh, Odium, is essentially trying to seduce his soul into hell. Yeah, to and, the dark side. Yeah, and so Wit, like he, Wit's able to create some space, and he's able to show up in Kaladin's subconscious dream, and he tells him the story. And and the gist is, there's a dog that wants to become a dragon. And does oh yeah does everything he can. Well, he starts with learning how to talk or yeah. l- like learn language from the humans. Yes, and so he can speak and communicate. And do you remember what else he does? Because there's a bunch of things he learns to do he, that he are does not dog all things, these things that are incredible things, amazing for things. a dog to be able to do, amazing things. And then he his goal is constantly to, fly to become like a, a dragon. dragon. And he does these amazing things where he he saves learns things. People. He yeah. saves, yeah. He's he able does to save important people because things. of what he's learned to be able to do. And then ultimately, <clears throat> the end of the story is the dog can't see his own greatness and divine mm-hmm. potential. Because he's just not a dragon. Because he's not a dragon. Yeah. And that's but a dog can't the be a dragon encapsulation he's a dog. of uh, a Kaladin. Yeah. This idea, and I think so many of us struggle with yes. this, that we can't see what we do because the good and the the positive and the strengths and because and all we have these this miraculous things that we do and are because and what were you going to say because because we have, we have this idea that we should become something that's yes. that we're not capable of becoming like it's yes. it's impossible for Nor us do to we need to become right it's not necessary yeah and in and in the stretch to become something that we can't become we do incredible things but we don't acknowledge or celebrate or take um, joy in the good that we're able to do. Yes, and and I mean I love, I love the story 
and and I encourage you just to you could probably just Google it and look at listen up to that one part that wants to become a, a dragon. Yeah, just read it. But it really encapsulates encapsulates for me this idea of the rhetoric, the story that Kaladin paints for himself. Is that, that he's trapped it's never in. He's imprisoned enough. by. Yes. Imprisoned to the point where he does miraculous things. He, I mean, the breaks whole, himself in half. The whole, what he is, is someone who wants to save and heal and protect, protect and yet he he doesn't see it. He yeah. only is well, consumed by his what he perceives as his failures. Well, and he does have legitimate failures. I mean, there are, well, let's say... Well, who le- doesn't, le- right? <laughs> right. Well, he has legit- legitimate tragedies and traumas, yeah. right? I mean, like, for instance, that we alluded to, the betrayal of Amaran, right? So he's in Amaran's army, and um, he his squad, his squad is torn in half by a superior knight, a... Uh, um, a knight, not a radiant. What are they? A shard bearer. So this 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 knight has incredible army and incredible sword that any other normal soldier is just cut to bits by them. And so Kaladin's squad, who he works really hard to protect in these skirmishes, mm-hmm. are just are just decimated by one of these guys. And so this guy blows through his squadron and ends up attacking. Amaran essentially was he was commissioned to kill Amaran by the Ghostbloods, and um, Kaladin is able to get in there and in his lowly state uh, disarms essentially naked with someone that has the most superior armor that you can have. Yes. He's able to kill this shard bearer, which is and un- not only un- that. I mean, this is the first time like a shard bearer being in this part of excuse me the land or the country. Is, is like why bizarre. like yeah, it doesn't make sense so this is the first time that he's ever seen a shard bear ever come right. across shard bear yeah and to be able to defeat a shard bear which is, basically is impenetrable is, is impossible <laughs> it's literally impossible and he he does this he right? does it and i think you know something for me that is really interesting about kaladin is that he does such amazing things and and provide such strength to oh gosh, others again and again over and, and again over and again that I think oftentimes we don't really quite comprehend or see the pain that's underneath. Yeah. You know, I think about my dad growing up, my dad was always like, he loved to serve and he loved to, to serve my family. He loved to serve others. He had occupations constantly where he served. He was a firefighter for a number of years and then was a correctional officer for a number of years mm-hmm. and constantly would come home from really hard days and would just share about how he just did what he could to listen to the inmates, even those that were really maybe not the nicest or not the easiest to deal with and how he would go out of his way to try to do things for them just to really bring some light into their their world and and so years and years of my dad doing these things and i remember when my dad finally passed away and he he took his own life Mm, and and at the funeral how many people came up to me and their response was I had no idea. Mm. And I think 
that he was in that rough of a place. Because he was someone that was so devoted to doing such incredible good things for other people. And I think how how often in our lives do we not notice the pain that mm-hmm. others are in? It doesn't well, have to be extreme well, pain, but but there's people in pain constantly, yeah. and yet they're you striving and striving and know. striving, and you well, see strength, but maybe yeah. there's not all strength there. Yeah, well, and Kaladin um, was suicidal as well. Yes. I mean, Kaladin stood at the edge of, of the pit and, and almost jumped in, you know. And ultimately, do you remember what brought him from doing that? What was the idea that caught him in the head? I mean, Syl showed up with the the replacement leaf that he lost. Yes. And what was I mean? What was it that clicked for him? Do yeah, you I'm trying to remember. So I, I remember. So Syl or Sylphrena is his friend. His that his really connection provides, to the magic world. Yeah, provide. And I think that. <laughs> Silfrena, or I think Sil is so important to him because she embodies Tien. She does. That's a great point. I don't know if I've ever thought about that. She really really is. is. She's personality and character. That's so cool. And I can't believe I never thought of that. I think that's what's so powerful. powerful. And how she connects so well with him. Yeah, she's whimsical. She's sweet. She does see the positive in every little thing. And so I don't remember. She gets distracted and like naive. Yes. ADD ways. I don't remember quite what it was at the. I think it was crevice. just. I think it was just the idea that like he wasn't done. Yeah. And as dark as it was, like the drive to protect and do all he could was something worse suffering for than giving up. So like essentially, essentially as much as he is ruled in one respect by darkness there is this part of him that can't give up and that's when he essentially that's when he came back right and then he started he started yeah he started training training he, that's every what, day well that's when he confronts he confronts uh the bridge crew leader with one, one eye yeah, yeah what the crap is his name he ends up in Sh- as shalon's uh, sidekick um yeah he does that's yeah, right. it's hilarious <laughs> I, can't I can't remember his, his name. name either but yeah because then he confronts him and he essentially like the guy takes like, over yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, the guy's like, you can't do that. And he's like, what are you going to do to me, dude? He's like, like what are you going to do? Yeah. Like, I just stood at the at the edge of a cliff. And maybe like, that was part of it, you. right? Like, part I did. Yeah, he discovered. I can't. I you can't, can't. I can't lose my life right now yeah. because there's people I need to protect. Well, you can't take there's anything else I need from to me. Serve. And yeah. maybe, yeah, that was part of yeah. it, too. And, and I think, you know, what's really cool is that, so Kaladin, who's been branded a slave and there's a, a you know, a whole story, which is a lie that, that which is involves, a lie. you know, yeah. Involves Amram, this light eyed person him. who's supposed to be just and righteous and, and which yeah, is tragic him. And he becomes a slave, goes through this whole journey. He becomes a bridgeman. So like bottom of the bottom, gonna die with if he lasts five days that's awesome or something like that right well, just Very a meat shield. he's a, he mean, he's an object he's a cog in sadius's army and that it, nobody cares and i love it like you grow to just brit the bridge four is an oh, amazing so story brandon sanderson is um is a magician yes dude. he's a lyrical creative master like seriously like i'm sorry I don't think I'm not super well read in the fiction world. I'm decently well read, but no one has articulated 
these he grabs ideals. you emotionally just and he does so it in a way brilliant. to where you need something to happen and it happens oh, right and then. it deliver and he delivers yeah, delivers dude. fully and that's what i love about the bridge for uh really storyline and you have kaladin who has he has a group of men who are at the, worst. the bottom. Well, and some of There's, them have done horrible things and yeah, some of them and are horrible people. They're just, they just they're go broken. with it. It's just like, if, if I, I, die, I die, like there's, it's just, they're at the bottom. Like but, they're at rock bottom. And yes. Kaladin starts in with setting the example. Yep. He starts in by practicing every day and everyone's like, what the he's freak is hard, this he's hard dude as, doing? Well, he's just, he's no joke, dude. No, and he starts to protect them. He he makes sure they all are protected. He takes the lead in things. You know, he's always at the front of the bridge or in precarious situations. Mm-hmm. And then he starts to heal them. Yes, and how does he heal Which them? Is so Michael's beautiful. favorite thing. How does he heal them, Michael? What? What is my favorite thing? To, to comment on in podcasts, you always love to make this point. Your oh, with thing. connection. Yeah. Is that what you mean? <laughs> yes. Michael's I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. That is my favorite thing. <laughs> that is my favorite thing. Pretend and you didn't hear all the rest of that and ask me one more time. <laughs> hey, Michael, what's the favorite point you love to oh, make? Oh, it is amazing that he uses connection. He does. And he does it around food. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, he does it. They, they develop this tradition where rock, who's the, the most important comic relief character. Yeah. And I miss him horribly in the rhythm of war. Yeah. Um, is this comic relief character. Always. Oh, of course he is. Of course he is. Um, and, rock uh, is not gone. <laughs> it's all right. You're no, <laughs> there's too much air. <laughs> Erzik Lowlander. Lowlanders. Um, and so, yeah, so uh, Rock uh, is like the chef of the group. And so, like, Kaladin, like, buys food and they start this tradition at the end of the day that they have, like, stew. Yes. And they sit and, you know, Kaladin starts to coax them to share a little bit, share a little bit about who they are and they get to know each other's names. And he does it really subtly, you know. Well, and he starts to bring back this their idea. Hu- their humanity. Yeah. Right? That you have worth. Yeah. And he does that through treating them with kindness, through healing them, through not leaving them behind. Which is everyone is equally important. We matter Mm -hmm. and we contribute. Yes. Even in this despondent, stuck position we are. Slowly state. We contribute and we have something to offer. Mm -hmm. And it becomes this beautiful story oh, it's beautiful of being able to defy the odds well it's brotherhood right yes i mean it's one of the few stories where brotherhood is articulated so profoundly you know yeah and and really it's an ideal that that he really learned from his dad you know because of this commitment because kaladin's dad is committed to healing anyone because part of the the backstory is that kaladin's dad could have let the city lord die who was the one create was who was the new there was two city lords the original one Mm -hmm. that kaladin as a kid had a love interest with the girl yes the daughter but then that father passed away just because of old age. And then the new city lord is has been kind of thrown out 
to the hinterlands of the smallest town, which is Caledon's town. And he's resentful and he takes out all of his resentment yeah. on the people of the town, particularly Caledon's so, dad. And so then Caledon's dad fails to, to heal the son, which I mentioned yeah. before. And he could have let the dad die. He could have actually murdered him. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't. And so he has integrity to save whoever needs saving despite the fact that he probably realizes in that moment that there's going to be some uh really some unintended consequences awful because he had the he couldn't save the son and he saved the dad so there's that survivor right and 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 kaladin's dad did that he saved the city lord's life and the city lord repays him through his resentment by taking his youngest son yeah and and uh like we told before um sending him off to war off to war and and this kid has no business being in war and he dies and so we have this story where kaladin uh moves you know really is the the keystone in moving a group of people towards finding their worth while while struggling to really see his own mm-hmm. to see his own value and 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 doing everything he can to be this healer and it's really an interesting concept you know there's we we have we talk about generational trauma and we talk about the effect that you know we as parents have on our kiddos, even though, or our, our parents had on us, even though, you know, we're still trying to do it the best we can. Yeah. And yet you see that uh, there's this kind of this, this thing where Kaladin is who he is because of some of these unintended consequences, both for positive and for negative, right? Where yeah. he, he won struggles with his worth struggles to feel like he's enough struggles because he doesn't have the acceptance of his father because he decided to become a soldier instead of a surgeon but then to some degree that also drives him to push forward and to serve and to love others and to build and 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 so i think you know it's tough because we look at some of these things and think oh man it's horrible if i wouldn't have gone through that or if i wouldn't have gone through this but I think really the purpose is, and for Kaladin, kind of the drive is coming to terms with all these things have allowed me to become who I am. Right. The and resilience to accept that, that he has. as yeah. a powerful thing instead of a negative thing. Yeah. And that's the struggle that I see Kaladin go through. And we all go through this, right? We get stuck in at times. And that's what we see with Kaladin. There's moments where he really, like you said, it's just hard and it's crushing yeah. well, to see how stuck he gets. Well, and and really, like in the beginning of the fourth book, he he gets racked with PTSD and he can't function. Yeah as the commander of the army and he's he's relieved of duty yes um which is incredibly in one respects you know um demoralizing um and on the other needed you know what i mean yeah it had to happen Mm -hmm. but my goodness was i mean he's in in horrible shape and it's really interesting because john and i we've been talking about kind of this theme at work right where we we tend to push ourselves, push ourselves, push ourselves to the point where uh, we we do get to where we're not really offering what what maybe is the best. Our best selves. And, and so how do we find that So if you're seeing Michael balance? for therapy, yeah. you might, you know, 
I don't know. And it's a struggle, right? It's <laughs> a struggle to where we, we push and we push. And, and sometimes I wonder with that, are we pushing so hard in one area because maybe we might be running away from yeah, something that needs to be absolutely. dealt with. And I think well, with Kaladin, like that's Kaladin. what Dalinar saw and was trying to offer him, right? This that, opportunity to address the thing that he's running from. Right, and Dalinar um, liberates Bridge 4 from their slave oh, status yes. in the most profound. Yeah. This is one of, I think... I think we should tell this because it's a really dude, cool story. It's a really cool story too. And, and really, I think it's one of the greatest symbols and vignettes of deliverance. It's absolutely what Kaladin needed to, to see. see yeah but it also was a statement that was so profound, profound of dalinar's everyone. character yes. as well right mm -hmm. i mean it's just ridiculous okay so you want me you want me go to, for it yeah all right so dalinar is one of the high princes in the what's the name of their kingdom that elokar is the king of what yeah is their group of people uh, uh, i'm forgetting i can't remember alethi alethi yep. yeah alethi. so um so alakar is Dalinar's nephew, mm -hmm. and he's the king, and uh, and that's really complicated. There's a long, ba uh, important backstory there. But so Dalinar is this uh, this rock. He's a force. Like he is energy in motion. He is the Blackthorn. He yes. is a ruthless warmonger that will win at all costs. Like literally, do not get in Dalinar's way. <laughs> you will freaking lose. <laughs> But he's honorable about it. You know, he's not just a warmonger for blood's sake. He's just going to win, and you're not going to stop him. So he's um, a high prince, and Sadius is one of the other high princes. Um, and the king uh, was his brother, and the king died. He got assassinated. Yes. And so his nephew is now the is now the king, and he's supporting his nephew. And so he's um, one of the high uh, one of the high princes. And uh, in in Sadius's army, he's using these bridge crews. And Dalinar is evolving. Uh, since his brother's death, he started to evolve. Yes. He started to. I don't know a better way to say it in the short, short than he started to evolve. He started to adopt higher principles. Yeah, he's, and, he's reading the Way of Kings constantly, right, which is the which name is of the, the first, first book. book. Yeah, and it's really he's really getting into this idea Philosophic, of yeah, there is a higher way, way yeah. of dealing with things that besides, are honorable and putting yes. yourself in other people's shoes exactly, and not asking others to do what you're not willing yes. to do. And so all maybe like the war mongering is the way of the past and he's moved on to there's there's more to it than that there's a better way yeah and and this is uh this is unalethi because the alethi are yes. are like you win like you're strong like yes. that's the culture of that of the alethi people and that's important of to have that understanding there mm -hmm. because if winning is the number one you win at all then costs then your ability to fight and not only your ability to fight, but the the weapons at your disposal are extremely valued. Yes. And so Dalinar has shard plate, which is this impenetrable, incredible 
plate that which is rare which is rare and he also has a shard blade which is a blade that can cut through everything except for shard plate yes um and shard plate can destroy sh- sorry a shard blade can destroy a shard plate over time over a bunch of hits yeah. but not initially right and so yes. dalinar has these incredible tools and he is the master commander you know and these are rare and they're hard to acquire yes and if one acquires them uh it's a big they're worth more than anything yeah well yeah especially in the alethi kingdom yes because of the stature of war and winning yes um you're at the top of the food chain and so sadius as one of the other high priests sorry high princes has shard plate but he does not have a shard blade correct and he wants a shard blade because Sadius really wants to be king and there is uh, and Sadius and Dalinar used to really be compadres under the king who was assassinated but now that relationship has become complicated and Sadius is a real two-faced do whatever it takes to win and and Dalinar used to kind of be one but he had he had morals you know what I mean like he didn't just kill people to kill people yeah he already had he had some footing to stand on or the, you know, he, he, he was a little bit different. Yeah. And I think that, you know, just to give just a, one last bit of context before you kind of share the story is, you know, if you were to win shard, a shard blade or shard plate, I mean, essentially you would be made a high, I, a high prince. Uh, yes. Like you would be high given land. Status. Yes. You, like that's how powerful yes. Yes. Because, this is. Yes, exactly. Which remember, Kaladin. Well, we didn't tell the whole part of that story. When Kaladin <laughs> killed the the shard bearer that tried to kill Amaram, he refused to. And Amaram had enough honor to offer the shard plate and shard to blade Kaladin. to Kaladin, but he refused it because he was so he was so offended. And he refused to take up a tool that could murderously kill all of his friends so quickly. Yeah. He was just sickened by it. So he refused the armor. And then Amaram, and he said he wanted to give it to one of his second in command. And Amaram was like, no, no, I'm taking the shard plate and the shard, uh, the shard or sorry, the yeah, the shard, uh, our, oh, uh, shard the, plate and the shard blade. Yeah, and so in so doing, or was he it a- just plate? No, it was plate and a blade. Okay, and sorry. in so doing, um, he killed the rest of Kaladin's crew, and out of his guilt, um, spared Kaladin and and labeled him. Well, he had to a slave. He had to because you can't. Like he had to put on the persona that he had won this, right? Otherwise, that is like dishonorable. That's, yeah, no go. Yeah, because because one of the like things that everybody says is if you win shard blade or in a shard plate, you get it. And, yes, and you get to ascend. Yes, um, and you actually do change. Like you become light eyes. You, if you're dark eyed, you become light. Yeah, if you bond a blade and the plate. And, and so he had to kill Kaladin's men, and then he had to enslave Kaladin, or basically send him to the depths of hell, essentially, so that no one would believe him or know him if Kaladin ever were to say, I won the shard yeah, blade Amram's lying, yeah, because like, who dude, would believe who a slave that's... Right. And, why, and why would you refuse to take up the shard? Yes. Like, that's ridiculous. Yes. Like, why would you turn it, it, down? Yeah, it wouldn't make any sense. It doesn't make any and sense. And so that allows him with his guilt to see a, 
a reason to yeah. allow Kaladin to live. Right. So, all right. So you've got let's all right. So you've got that backstory if you don't know the story, and then you've got a scenario where um, Dalinar and Adolin are out with their army fighting their who they're at war with is the Parshendi. And Sadius, in this coordinated war effort, uh, abandons Dalinar yeah. and Adolin and all of their army to the enemy. They've become surrounded, and Sadius leaves, assuming that they're going to lose. Yeah, and miraculously, he, he swear, like he's a, he knows they're going to die essentially because yeah, they're surrounded. Yeah, and so he leaves the battlefield and he comes back, and in that moment, he tells everybody that Dalinar and Adolin um, and the army was surrounded and killed and there was nothing he could do about it, which was a subversive way to take out an opponent, politically sure. speaking. Yeah, very savvy. It was very savvy. and well, if it worked. <laughs> if it worked. And, of course, it didn't work because Kaladin. Kaladin became oh, the white knight so in that situation, awesome. which is a great part of the story, and saves Dalinar and Adolin and and gets the ragtag army, what's left of them, back to the ba the camp, the base camp, or whatever it is. So in this moment, you have, and I always want to say Nynaeve, but that's not right. What's the queen's name? Oh, now that you said Ella Car, I'm so I sorry. I shouldn't have said it. <laughs> oh, I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember. Right, so but it's his brother's queen. wife, who's still the queen, and the so mother of uh, Ella Car, who's the yeah. Queen. And so she's there, and she has learned of Dalinar's death, and they have recently just rekindled a relationship because Dalinar's wife is also dead, and so they have subversively started to kind of yeah, fall in taboo love, and little taboo, yeah. and all this kind of not appropriate, and um, and so she is devastated, and she, do you remember the glyph that yeah. she paints? Yeah, she starts painting a glyph and of it's, justice. Yeah, something like that, or hope. It's significant. I can't can't remember what it's it justice was. Justice or hope? So it's. A, I think it's yeah. justice. I think it's justice. Like she's. I think so. And she. I don't think buys it. Right. Yeah. She's and so like in their faith, if you paint a glyph, then you burn it, and that's like burning yeah. a prayer up to God. And so I think she does justice. So she paints this glyph and she lights it on, or no, she paints the glyph. I don't think she lights it on fire. She paints the glyph, and then Dalinar shows up. Yeah. And so you've got Dalinar, who's the Black Thorn, and he can rip anybody to shreds and he confronts Sadius in his betrayal and Sadius is playing it like I didn't betray you I just couldn't help you I'm so glad you make it back that's incredible and Dalinar in this moment like confronts him and is like uh, they have this kind of silent exchange yeah and Dalinar's are in, like and, everyone's like holy crap like Someone's it's going down. Die. Like there's about to be a, yeah. a, a civil war. Yes. We're about to have a civil war because um, Dalinar has shown up. And so there's a taboo of, of well, because Dalinar has to walk a fine line in, in confronting Sadius because they don't want a civil war. Yes. Because Alucard, you know, he wants to keep the So he's careful together. about what he's saying. Right. Like guarded. Right. And so he requires... Um, he says in coming back, I forget what, oh, he says, oh, Sadius, thank you so much for leaving your bridge crew because they provided the way for our escape yes. with the bridges. So I'm going to, 
uh, by these slaves. He basically says, "You're going to give them to yes, me." Yes, you're. I like very for like it's like it's a command. Happened. Yeah, yes, it's a command. It's happening. And Sadius, and Sadius is, is like, is like ho, 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 "Yeah, no, you, you have no right." About? And Sadius <laughs> knows about this Kaladin, and he knows something about it. He knows something's up. He knows that something's up, and, and he's so, valuable. And well, and he absolutely is not going to give up Kaladin because he's got this name for himself. And and he's like, they're my slaves. Um, well, he just wants to control and punish, right? Yeah, well, yeah, he absolutely would have murdered the whole bridge crew, yeah. 100%. Which Dalinar knows, and Dalinar, at this point in the story, has become incredibly integritous and honorable. And there's no way... He's gonna not. He's gonna leave these men out to dry because that's one of the things that Kaladin was worried about. Kaladin's like, we're dead men. Like Sadius is gonna kill all of us because 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 Kaladin figures out that this whole political move happened and that Sadius hung out Dalinar's army to dry. Yeah. And so and so Dalinar says to Kaladin, "I'll get your men." And he's like, "Well, how are you gonna do that?" And and but Dalinar is really strapped because he needs to get the men back to keep his word to Kaladin, but he also doesn't want to start a civil war. Yes. So what he does is he pulls out the shard blade, and it's this incredibly tense moment because you're like, is he gonna attack yeah. and kill Sadius <laughs> in front of everyone? <laughs> um, which he which is what the Blackthorn would do. Yes. But instead, he slams down the shard blade in the justice glyph and says i'll give you the shard blade which is priceless yeah. for all the slaves all of them not just not just kaladin but every single one of them yeah. and everybody's like what? Yeah. And then and he and and Sadius mocks him, but Sadius wants a blade so bad yes. that he can't help himself. So he accepts the blade, and then everybody's defunct because nobody nobody gives up a sharp blade. Nobody, you don't, you just don't do it. Like yeah. they fight wars over them. Like there's no way that you're going to give up a blade. And and this is and the great line. So Kaladin, Kaladin's confused because he assumes yeah. that he would attack. Um, Sadius. Because a shard, I mean, this is, the bridge crews are worth they're slaves. nothing to yeah, Sadius. They're, they're slaves. They're worth nothing to they're, anybody. They're a dime a dozen. And this shard blade is priceless. And this makes me emotional. It means, it means so too. much. It means too. And what does Dalinar say? Um, so Kaladin's like, how could you give up a priceless yes. artifact for slaves? And then he says, well, what's the worth of a soul? And Kaladin says, yeah. well, he has this moment. He's like, well, they're infinite. He's like, well, yeah. then I guess I won. Because yeah. <laughs> I got like, so I got like, I got like a thousand slaves. <laughs> so that's a, a thousand priceless souls for yeah. one stinking sword. Amazing. It's amazing. And it's so much more powerful in the context of oh the story. Oh my goodness. Right? It's so powerful. We do it no justice. And, and my goodness... Uh, you know what? What a story to remember, the, and to worth constantly of remember that. Hey, you may see strength every everywhere, except for in your own heart, or in your own your own mind, or in your own body. You may see worth everywhere, except for internally, and yet, you know, the worth of souls. It's profound. And 
it, you know, I think it can be hard to remember that. Mm-hmm. And it's extremely hard for Kaladin to see that. But I think, you know, it's so emotional because it's true for each of us. Mm-hmm. Which is why we do what we do, right? Yeah. And that's why I do what I do. Because, I mean, it's really, it's literally the reason why I decided to become a therapist was because I wanted to help people see their worth and value. I wanted to help them. Yeah unlearn the lie that happens in trauma which is that i'm i'm not enough or i'm not worthy of love and belonging that's well, what that's what we internalize from trauma and i wanted to be a part of helping people connect with and discover their value and worth well and ultimately there's no amount of shard blade or shard plate that's worth more than just one of them mm-hmm. and and you know, I think the heartbreaking thing is that over and over, Kaladin has opportunity to see this and to hear this and still struggles to believe it. Each yeah. of the bridge men, not, not all of them, but, but definitely certain of them, Teft included, really struggle. Moash, yeah. oh, oh, Moash, so heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. Struggle. He, well, he gives himself over to resentment and he hate. He does. Which Dalinar almost did, which Sadius absolutely did. Yes. You know what I mean? That's And that's just it. That's the enemy. The enemy of our souls is resentment and malevolence yes. and shame. You know, that's what kills us. That's what destroys us. And and it's so common with us. We constantly have things in our life. If we can if we can just but see and remind ourselves, I promise you there's things there. But we we fail to see we do fail. because we get trapped. Tra- yeah, well we have an attachment injury. Yes. And that injury we internalize that we're not the most important, that we are that we don't have value. It's really interesting. John and I were even talking earlier. I, I have a couple I'm meeting with, and we were talking about the couple, and we were talking about one of the individuals tends to attack attack the other individual. And that can be really hard because it seems like it could be malicious at times or it could right. seem it could be purposeful. Right. But but our job is to see beyond that. And I don't think that when I say our job, I don't think that's our job as a therapist. I think that's yes, is to see beyond the anger to the pain, the Mm. sadness, the loneliness, and the hurt. And I think we've talked about this in another podcast. It takes a tremendous amount of resilience and emotional maturity when somebody's coming at you with. Oh, for with, sure. Especially a loved one to realize that they are attacking out of pain. Yes. Everyone is. Whenever somebody is coming at you in a malicious or unjust or in an attacking way, they're doing so because they're in pain, which doesn't make it okay, which doesn't mean it's okay to bully someone or call someone or be horrible. But as the person that is the target of ire, if we can have the emotional maturity and the wherewithal to stay out of reactivity and defensivism and show consideration or compassion in some settings, some, some settings, it's not safe to do that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, in one where there's not an abusive, toxic, horrible, and just your typical, 
fight, which, you know, all of us have in our sure. families <laughs> and in our marriages, which is incredibly normal. And yes. again, I'm not saying it's okay, but it's a part of all of our family relationships that we have arguments. And if in the, the heat of, in the intensity of an argument, if you can have the wherewithal to say, how are they hurting? And to try to be curious about that and, and to art and to recognize when your buttons are pushed and when you want to go on the offensive, if you can state your primary emotional need or fear, which is vulnerability, well, th- that's what diffuses. Absolutely. I well, either side of those diffuse. And I think that, you know, the natural response to, to an attack is defense. Yep. And, and defense, defense comes from a place of shame. Your shame yes. wall comes up and automatically you want to defend yourself. You want to defend against these hurtful things you're hearing because those hurtful things are poking at your shame wall, your inadequacies and making you feel so bad and wrong that you can't see past that attack to the pain they're experiencing because your shame wall comes up and the defense comes out. And that's wherein we get these struggles, right? And we're getting kind of off on on marriage, but it's really, it's really profound that, you know, throughout this story, you know, we have these constant moments of, of, you know, really pain and inadequacy and, and hurt and loneliness and the struggle to reach out and to yeah. feel of worth. And I just think how often do you and I and, and others, do we see that? Yeah. And how often do we maybe fail to see that and just see this strong Kaladin or just right. see this person well, who's being mean to me right. or just, you well, know. Well, that's the other beautiful thing about Brandon Sanderson's stories is he's got this ancillary group of characters that actually do. I mean, one of the things that uh, keeps Kaladin out off the brink is that he develops this really close relationship with Dalinar's son, who he hates initially. Yeah. Um, is like the privileged son of Dalinar. He's gorgeous yeah. and he's awesome. Do you remember his name? I can't remember his name. Adolin. Oh, Adolin, that's yeah. right. And so they they develop an unlikely friendship, which and is kind of fourth funny book because he Adolin develops a relationship right with um, uh, Shalon, right? right? Because Shalon is working with his sis. It's his sister, right? Um, his aunt, aunt, aunt. Thank you. W- with his aunt, that's right. Elakar's sister. Yeah. With his aunt, um, and his aunt kind of. So that's a whole nother story. Yeah, but anyways, a rabbit hole I think yeah. it's funny because there's kind of this love triangle, but then yeah, so just very subtle. Brandon <laughs> does. I'm glad that he, Brandon he does it doesn't. Great. Yeah, he doesn't go too like far. He just yeah, he's not just, like a TV show. He just opens up the forward. door for a little bit of love triangle. He doesn't go full on love triangle. But then they're still able through that to develop this great relationship. Yes, they become incredible friends. Yes. So he has that, and then in book four. Kaladin is really saved by the one of the first bridgemen that Kaladin saves um, is nonverbal. Yeah. And they all believe he's nonverbal because of the traumatic, shocking, horrible situation that they were in as bridge crew. So mm-hmm. he, Kaladin saves him 
um, physically through from physical wounds, which is a really big deal. And then um, he's just he's never able to speak. But it turns out well, it's a big deal because they're not worth saving, right? In the eyes but, of Sadius, but, right? And Kaladin, Kaladin says, "Hey, you are worth saving," right. and that's powerful. Like there's yes. so much powerful, oh, so powerful, powerful things when it comes to the worth of the soul in this book. It's yes. just so, amazing. and that dejects, and we find out. Yes, Later sorry. in the story, now I was finding that backstory, and I, I'm I'm forgetting his name. I know I can't remember his name either. Uh, I might keep talking. I'll, no, I'll look okay, and yeah. see if I can so find it. So this uh, this other Bridgman, who's nonverbal, in the fourth book, we get a little bit of backstory, and it turns out that he was actually wounded as a child, and so he has a, a, a disability, and this disabled man um, is able to. Uh, participate and really leads to the saving of Kaladin. So the least among the bridge crew and, and the first person that Kaladin saved in the bridge crew, who's least capable is the instrument of saving Kaladin in the fourth book. Um, and it's incredibly profound that this seemingly most incapable person is the instrument and it's really cool because he's the one who ends up. He's the one that's talking to the the sister, right? Or communicating with her. What um, do they call that? The, uh, they call her. They do call her the sister, but she's essentially the the spren of Eurythiru, yeah. who who the queen bonds. And what's the queen's name? Um, not. <laughs> Oh, don't say! Uh, <laughs> I didn't say. It. Sorry. Oh shoot! Uh, that's bugging me. That's so, I know. We're sorry, guys. It's hard to <laughs> remember. I'm not good at names to begin with. Dabit. Dabit. Yeah, that's it, right? Dabit's Dabit. the name of the nonverbal bridgeman that saves Kaladin in the fourth book. Yeah. So it's just cool because Brandon does this fantastic job of crossing all of these lines. And all of these different characters in different ways, supporting and helping one another and doing it in response to each other, you know? Well, I think, you know, just to maybe kind of bring back around to this idea or the, the topic of depression. Well, and we should, to, as you go with this thought, we should mm -hmm. hit on how Kaladin is really healed. Yes. How he is delivered from his slave brand because we referenced it. Why don't you, do you remember or can you talk about what it is? Like with the fourth ideal? Yeah, but uh, yeah, he swears the fourth ideal. Yeah. But, but do you remember how it is that Kaladin is healed? Mm, I don't know if I can remember. Okay, so Kaladin in his comatose state is falling from uh, a mountaintop essentially mm -hmm. in a high storm. He's jumped maybe to grab his dad. Yeah, I think it was yeah, to get he his dad, right? He jumped to grab his dad. So they're descending in the darkness, which mm -hmm. is incredibly symbolic. And Dalinar, and Dalinar has become supernaturally capable because yes. um, he's bonded the yeah, storm father. He has the bonds, mm -hmm. so he's bad, eh? And <laughs> And in this state, Dalinar is reaching out to Kaladin, but he can't reach Kaladin because he's on the edge of death. Not yes. only physically, but emotionally, he's mm -hmm. just spent. He has no more energy. Well, he's losing Sill, right? It's, it's yeah, he's Syl's separated not, from Sill as yeah. well, which he needs to stay connected to to not die with his supernatural powers. And so he's descending in the abyss of darkness, 
and Dalinar is able to kind of slow time, um, as it were, and he creates this vision for Kaladin where Kaladin is confronted by the moment of Tien's death, his brother. And Tien, I'm going to get emotional. And uh, Tien uh, dies on the front lines of this um, battle. And Kaladin had resentment towards the the crew, the the platoon leader that sent Tien to the front lines. But he sees it differently. He sees the commander as inexperienced. He sees the story differently that Tien voluntarily went towards it to be with this other um, rookie uh, soldier. uh, And they were essentially going to die because they were just untrained and incapable. And, and Tien uh, says, well, this, so this boy going to the front line is scared. And Tien says, well, I'll go with you. And Kaladin's like, Tien, why did you... Oh, I'm going to get so emotional. Tien, why did you go... So he has this visionary moment where he's like able to talk to Tien. And he says to Tien, why did you go to the front lines? And he's like, well, m- my friend was scared and I needed to be with him. And he's like, but you died but you were going to die. And he's like, well, but I didn't want him to die alone. Mm. Like I needed to be there with him. So he didn't die alone. And so Tien intuitively understood this, that you, well, yeah, we're going to face terrible things, but at least we don't have to do it alone. And so Kaladin has this healing moment where he hears from Tien and Tien, he's able to kind of connect with the ghost of Tien or the spirit of Tien or the memory of Tien. And, and, and he's able to look at him and say, look, you're not alone and you have your friends and you need to be there with your friends. And, and we go through hard things alone, which is interesting because Kaladin is healing in this book. He's working with Taft. Yeah. And him and Teft are reaching the most dejected part people of society that are kind of crazed and in mm-hmm. in a, like a quote unquote kind of a sane asylum because there's nothing you can do for them so they're so crazy but yeah. they're battle shocked individuals not he's he's basically released from military right like and so he's kind of like becoming a surgeon again but he doesn't like he's not doing surgery and he's he like starts, in a psych unit basically. right he starts working <laughs> with individuals in the psych unit and the th- and the way that he starts working with these individuals in the psych unit is him and and Teft start like an AA group. Yeah, <laughs> start an AA group where they just get together and they talk it through. And and just because they're able to talk, these guys are like out of suicide. They address suicide, and so you know, um, and so he, he's learning this medicine of connection, and he's able to connect with Tien, and then he's able to swear the fourth ideal, which you should probably look and make sure we're quoting it right, which is that you know essentially you'll surrender. You know, like, because you want, like, one, the one ideal is that you'll protect those, um, you'll protect your enemy as the third one. You know, you'll protect anyone, essentially. And then the fourth ideal is, like, you'll surrender and realize that you can't protect everyone. You know, that there's limitations to what you can do, yeah. I think, is the fourth ideal. And when he swears that and lets go of that false idea, he's able to progress and he gets shard plate living shard plate instead of dead shard plate which is yeah let's see so i think i can find the fourth ideal you should read all of them just read them all because they're so bad eh? well, i don't know if i'll be able to find uh, uh, they usually i'm like all listed in the same spot if you like look up the ideals of the stormlight archives the first one is i always get the order wrong life before death 
strength before weakness, journey before destination is the first ideal. Yeah, so life before death, strength before weakness, journey before destination. It's the first idea. Second ideal is I will protect those who cannot, cannot protect themselves. Mm-hmm. Third ideal, I will protect even those I hate as long as it is right. Oh, I forgot the caveat. That's important. I will protect those I hate even if the one I hate is myself. And that was the uh, test, test one. Yeah. yeah. And, and then the, the fourth, fourth ideal, I will accept that there will be those that I I okay. cannot protect. Oh, that's tough. That's for, that's tough for us therapists too. Yeah. Because we like we want to save everybody, but you can't protect everybody. I accept those. I accept that there will be those I cannot, cannot protect. protect. It's so interesting that that's an ideal. Well, for a healer, which Kaladin yeah. is, yes, he he's a and surgeon. A protector. He's a surgeon at heart too, because his dad. And to be able to like admit and honor that, in a way, frees us. Right, it frees me as a therapist when I allow myself to unhook from the accountability and responsibility to you know that I take something on out of your control. It's not in my control. Yeah, and it's really profound too that ideal because Kaladin swears the fourth ideal, and then that's when he comes to find that Taft has been killed by his friend, yes. Moash. And like how dramatic, because he has to stay. So immediately he, he has to, he has to and, confront and practice the, that, yeah, ideal. that ideal. And he starts to get become enraged and Syl's like, Kaladin, yes. don't give over to rage. Stay to your ideal. Because if he surrenders he, like, ideal. business. Yeah, because he does. <laughs> but if he surrenders that ideal, then he breaks his oath and then everything falls apart. Because yeah. you can't break, you know, you can't break your oaths. Well, you can't break your oaths, but you're human. So you're going to break your oath. Yeah. You know, but. Yeah, profound. It is extremely, and that's when the slave—you uh, may have said that already—that's when the slave, slave brands, brands, slave slave brands, which is really off. really interesting because as you read through the books, there's moments you know Kaladin's slave brand just won't go away. Won't heal, which he should yeah. because he's bound, so he's healed. Yes. and everybody else's slave. Well, brands, he can heal himself, but he, but the but sl- not, not the, the slave, slave brand. brand. And all of the other bridgemen, some of them had slave brands. They did heal, but Kaladin yes. did not. Which is fascinating. Be, and, and, and that, you know, probably takes on that meaning. How he's in prison. So, yes, so mm-hmm. deep for him that he's bearing the burden that's not his to bear. Right. He's carrying the weight that's not his to, to carry. And yet we all do this. Right. And just think about how how freeing it is for us to let go of lies and distortions. Yes. Yeah. Which is what happens. And this is such an important thing to understand that anytime you've been through an event that you've come away traumatized, which we all have to some degree or another, you internalize lies. They become kind of imprinted on your soul or that's part of the attachment injuries that we experience. Yes. And they're very hard to get out of. And even if you can mentally recognize them, like I'm super articulate about my attachment trauma it still bugs me like it still gets me in my worst moments i still fall prey emotionally to that because it's real 
So yeah. it's going to, even for healthy individuals, it's yes. going to. That's it's the, the way we deal with it that allows us to move forward yes. and continue on. And yes. it's it's Developing not, healthy you know, coping. and that's important, right? Things just don't vanish. No. But we learn to deal with them in Manage ways them. that allow us to move forward. Right. But I think, you know, the weight that we carry, the the feeling burdened down, the, you know, just holding on to things that aren't ours to hold on really is the heart of depression. Yeah. It's being weighed down with feelings, all types of feelings, but feelings of inadequacy, feelings of worthlessness, that past trauma. And when we have that burdening weight down, that connection, that, that real deep connection to past trauma, we, we don't want to talk to others. We We don't want to show. Yeah. And that is what, you know, that is what kills us. It, it does kill us. It is a isolation. Death. It is because a death. Because it becomes a hundred times, a million times more torturous than if we can find a way to, embrace. to connect with others. To embrace and the And to fear. open up about it and yes. to not be, a, yes, to embrace it, but embrace it not alone. Right. Yes. Excellent. Yes. We, it is so healing. Yes. There are moments where we might have to walk. Sure. We might have to walk alone to the connection, or we might reach for connection, and the other person might not be able to reach back. Well, and that's what's so important about a higher power, yeah, is that really if we is. have a higher power, we're never alone. But yeah. also, even if you don't believe in a higher power, you are never alone, because I promise you... There's somebody out there. There are others experiencing well, There's so many good things. people. Well, yeah, there's somebody experiencing similar things, and they're not is, alone in those emotions, right? Yes. And there's somebody out there that will help you. I mean, I, I've been in so many different communities like Celebrate Recovery. I, you know, I participate in Celebrate Recovery communities in, our, mm-hmm. in Clarksville. And there are tons of people that, are, that will be there for you. And that's, they might that, not be there for you. They might not be there for you perfectly every single time. But more often than not, they want to be there. Well, and ultimately, that's, that's the, the burden that is such so devastating is you would be better without me right that ultimate isolation that leads to the the finality of taking one's own life you know where kaladin's at the precipice of jumping off this cliff it's this idea of uh, everyone would be better i i want everyone to be okay everyone would be better without me and yet the answer is we need each other Absolutely. And we need that connection because it heals. And so not giving prey to that lie can be really, really hard. And I want to throw out, yeah, it's absolutely true. It is really scary. And it's scary because the persons that you're going to try to develop that connection aren't going to be perfect at extending that affirmation and availability all the time. No, they'll, be, not. they'll struggle they're just not. like you do. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to be perfect. They're going to yes. have bad moments too. Yep. Um, or they might be, or a person that you're trying to connect with might be someone that's that's traumatized in a way that they can't offer the level of availability that maybe Definitely. you need. And that and, can be perceived as I'm bad, right? Or or that they're untrustable. Yes. Well, it's like, no, they're not untrustable. They're just human and have problems too. Yeah. And we have to be patient with them. Like I have not been perfectly available for my wife every time she's needed it. And my wife hasn't been perfectly available for me. And that's when the worst fights happen in a marriage relationship yes. when we're neither of us are really capable 
of being there to the full extent as the other one needs it. But if you can just breathe and chill and look at each other and just hold each other's hands and say, okay, we're at odds right now, but we still love each other. We still love you. Yes. You know? And and coming you know, coming together in some way, I think. Uh, and friendships too, or family too. I mean, that's what we have to do. We have to be there enough. Yeah. We don't have to be there perfectly for each other. And we need to be gracious enough towards each other that we allow the other people around us to have the weaknesses and insecurities and traumas that they have. I think, uh, I think no matter how long we talk, we can't fully encompass Kaladin. <laughs> Dude. For me, so much. For me, uh, Kaladin is so amazing. I, I love Brandon, so many characters. Brandon, in you're this. no joke, dude. <laughs> like, seriously, man. But like, I he, hope you're, I know you're listening to our podcast, Brandon Samson. <laughs> and, bro, you're no joke, man. We're going to get this guy on our podcast. It would be amazing. Or it's going it to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And so I'm sure we haven't done Kaladin justice that, that he deserves. Or maybe we spent too much time or telling even the, the story. topic of, of depression. Oh, yeah. But but there you uh, go. I I hope we've talked enough In a about way. it that it sparks your curiosity and you read. Read it. Because the books are worth every minute of the read. I, yeah. I love them to death. And everything has room for improvement, right? There's always, so I'm sure there's things that you could find about the books that you wouldn't enjoy, but oh, sure. definitely worth the it's time. It's worth it. And if you, yeah, I mean, the relationships and the progression um, through the stories and the characters are, are masterful. I mean, Brandon, yes. he's a master. Thanks, everyone. Been a it good was time. A fun car ride. All right. <laughs> <laughs> See Adios, ya. amigos. <laughs>